This episode of the Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by the Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum. If you're looking for a good curriculum, check it out at lutherancartographer.com homeschool. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 38. Welcome to the Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we're going to Pensacola, Florida to talk to Pastor Nathan Ragazinskis of Resurrection Lutheran Church. Pastor Ragazinskis, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Nicholas. So tell us about where exactly we are in the country. Help orient us geographically. We're in Pensacola. Where exactly is that in Florida? Okay, so when you think about Florida, uh, it kind of looks like a tube sock. <laughs> so we're we're at the top. We're we're actually considered sometimes people in this area will call us L.A. or Lower Alabama because we're so far uh, so far west as far as Florida is concerned. We're right on the border of uh, of Florida and Alabama. So yeah, a lot of times that's what we're we're sometimes considered. <laughs> okay, so you might say Florida has a panhandle and you're in that handle then? Yep. Yep, panhandle. Yep, panhandle okay. of Florida. Yep. A- excellent. So give us a your background and how you ended up in Pensacola. All right, so I'm a graduate of Fort Wayne Seminary. I graduated there in 2011 and uh the year I was there, uh, the call service happened, and uh, that was my first call was to a church in Des Moines, Iowa, Our Savior Lutheran Church, and I served there for seven years. Um, on my vicarage, backing up a little bit, on my vicarage, I met my wife uh, at Emmanuel Lutheran Church, which is downtown uh, in Pensacola. And so my supervisor, funny story, my supervisor was actually the pastor of the church that I'm at here now in, in Lutheran Church of the Resurrection. Uh, so he became my supervisor, uh, the pastor that was at Emmanuel. He took a call about three months of me being at uh, at the church there at Emmanuel. And uh, once that happened, then uh, pastor, his name was Pastor Rabatson. He uh, he be he became my supervisor, so it was very it's very interesting story. So uh, two years ago, I was called to be the pastor here at uh, Lutheran Church of the Resurrection, and uh, my wife is from Pensacola, born and raised. So it was a uh, it was a good deal for us to be able to come uh, to be close to her family. My mom and dad actually had moved from North Dakota uh, down to here. So all of our family was in one place. So when we would visit, everybody was here. We when we were travel, it was about 18 hours from Des Moines to here. So we'd drive back and forth or fly. And uh, so yeah, that's how I ended up here in Pensacola. Excellent. So it sounds like you've been in North Dakota, Iowa, and Indiana previous to Florida. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was born and raised in North Dakota. Um, like I say, I was I went to uh, to Minot State University, just a small university in North Dakota. I received a psychology degree there, and then I went off to the seminary in 2007. I see. Okay. Excellent. So help us understand, I mean, obviously, weather-wise, North Dakota and Florida are vastly <laughs> different places. Yeah, but, couldn't, couldn't be any different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, what would you say are some of the differences or the contrasts, either for good or bad, between the places you've been before and where you are now? Um, okay. So... North Dakota and uh, and Indiana, when I went to Fort Wayne, it was a little more spread out. I felt like as far as down here, there's a lot more people in a more confined area. If you look at Pensacola, it's not it's not really spread out that much. Um, 
you know, even in Iowa, it was a little more, the town, the town really didn't go up, it more went out. So that's, uh, that's basically a, a big difference as far as population is concerned. Um, back when Hurricane Katrina hit in New Orleans, a lot of the people that were in New Orleans were displaced over to Pensacola. So Pensacola's population uh, grew from that. Um, even with uh, Hurricane Harvey, when it hit Houston, there's there's been some people from the Houston area that have moved over, not as much as Katrina, obviously, but uh, but we we see some of that influx when when hurricanes hit. Hurricane Michael with with Panama City, um, when our second daughter was born, our we were in the hospital when when Hurricane Michael was was kind of coming in, and so there was a lot of people from Panama City there as well. So when hurricanes hit down here, there's a lot of movement, a lot of shuffling that happens in the areas. So yeah, Pensacola again, it's kind of more condensed. Um, there's some suburbs that you really can't see a difference between Pensacola moving to the next suburb. It's just kind of flows together that way. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a, that's probably the biggest difference as far as population is concerned. Okay, good deal. So then I'm not, I'd never really thought of people moving to a place in Florida as a result of a hurricane. Is Pensacola shielded from, from hurricanes because of its geographic orientation, or is it just the hurricanes didn't happen to hit you at that time? Yeah, it just didn't happen to hit at this time. Um, the last, from what I've been told, um, again, I'm, I've never experienced a hurricane, thankfully. Um, my wife has. The last major hurricane to hit here that caused damage was Hurricane Ivan, and I believe that was in 2004, 2005, was those two years. I think Hurricane Dennis came in 2005. So so they uh, they had some destruction from that, and there was people displaced that moved away from here uh, to other areas. But yeah, usually what happens is, you know, they got to find a new place to settle. And, and thankfully for right now, we haven't had a, a major, major hurricane since about 2004, 2005 here. That's really good. So now tell us what are some of the best things about being in Pensacola? <laughs> All right. So in Pensacola, this is considered the cradle of naval aviation. And so down here, the home, uh, this is the home of the Blue Angels. So if you know the Blue Angels, you've seen them on TV, or if you've even witnessed them in person, this is where they where, where they reside. They do they do travel out west. Um, they have a place out there that they stay, but this is where they this is where their base of operations is. Um, so you see a lot of naval flying, a lot of planes flying over. You get to see a lot of jets, a lot of cool stuff like that. And then of course, one of the biggest things for us down here is the white sand beaches. We have beautiful beaches. Maybe not as beautiful as is in Panama City. Their, their waters is a little more jade green, where we're a little, little, little less of that. There's times when it is that way. We have beautiful waters here. Um, we're, we kind of are near something called the Floribama line, where the water kind of comes out and it kind of churns it up, and it's a little bit darker green than than that. But again, we have beautiful beaches, and and that's one of the main tourist uh, attractions to people down here. Fishing's great. Um, seafood's wonderful down here, that kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> cooking is cooking down here is real good. <laughs> good deal. So what are some of the challenges about being in Pensacola? Um, I would say as a pastor, uh, some of the challenges are, are some of the theology that you get down here. Um, there's a, I would say there's probably a very big predominant Baptist background, Methodist background, um, Unfortunately, there's also a, you kind of mentioned this when we talked earlier, but secular uh, background is, is, is on the rise, I would say. Um, 
you know, that's that's some of the biggest contentions, you know, but but the wonderful thing about the LCMS is we can proclaim the gospel. You know, a lot of a lot of Baptists are here and, uh, you know, they believe in Jesus, but they they focus a lot on the law. You know, what, what are you doing for Jesus? You know, have you accepted Jesus? So so down here, there's a wonderful opportunity to be able to share um, the love of Christ with them and show them the, the true meaning of the cross and what that means for us in our, our journey of faith. So that's a that's a, a challenge, but also a kind of a good thing, um, you know, obviously a good thing. Um, culture is different from what I'm used to in North Dakota. Um, I don't know, by and large, if things have changed up north. It's been a while since I lived there, but everybody kind of knew everybody. You know, it's kind of like cheers. <laughs> everybody knew your name, kind of maybe good or bad, knew your business probably even before you uh, before you did your business, your, your business, whatever it is you were involved in. But, uh, you know, down here, it's maybe a little less of that. Um, in our church, it's, it's, that, it's not that way. We're, you know, very family-orientated, friendly. You know, everybody knows everybody, obviously, but, uh, you know, the community itself, it's, it's hard to, it sometimes can be hard. People are friendly, but but it's not necessarily a, a community atmosphere, I guess, is, is a good way to put it. I know I'm not painting it in a good light, but probably a little less uh, of the country mindset, a little more of the city mindset. That makes sense. So tell us a little bit more about that culture. We Before we started talking on air, we were talking a little bit about how the panhandle is different from other parts of Florida. How do you see the culture in the panhandle uh, against what people might be familiar with if they've gone to, say, Orlando or Miami? Yeah, so so in this area, I would say predominantly, again, my my view of it, my my view of how I see things, I, I would say that we're we're very we're very conservative area, um, politically speaking. Uh, you know, if you've ever watched the election map, usually this area is usually the red. You get down in that area, it's usually blue. Um, so there's a different mindset when it comes to that. Um, that also has to do with the fact that a lot of people from different areas of the country move to different parts of Florida. Panhandle, uh, you see Minnesotans, North Dakota and South Dakota, you know, Midwesterners. Uh, there's, there's, to be honest with you, there's also in Pensacola. There's quite a few people from the from the Pittsburgh area, uh, Pennsylvania. A lot of, a lot of that you see because of the shipyards and stuff like that. They're used to, kind of like the naval station is is brings all kinds of different people here. So there's a, to me, there's a good melting pot. You know, you're getting a lot of different ideas, a lot of different mindsets. Um, but by and large, I would say that's probably the biggest difference, a little more conservative as opposed to to the thinking out uh, out east of us, um, you know. But again, uh, out, out east of us, we have uh, we have a place called Disney World <laughs> and there's a lot of fun things to do there. We like to we like to go to Disney World. Disney World's fun. Um, so there's that draws a lot of people as well. We have a lot of we have Florida's got a lot of things to offer as far as tourism is concerned. And it's especially down here in Pensacola. There's a lot of history. If you're into history, we have a place called Fort Pickens, which was a, a Civil War uh, outpost. Uh, yeah, you know, so we have a, we've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm, I'm not a huge history buff, but uh, but this area is full of uh, full of history. <laughs> Good deal. So you just mentioned that a lot of people from the Midwest, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, end up in the panhandle. Let's now switch and talk about what it's like to be Lutheran where you are. Does that Midwestern influence increase the number of Lutherans around there? Or what was it like? What's the Lutheran experience like in the Panhandle and in Pensacola? Um, So 
if you run across the people that are from those areas, they know about Lutheranism. Um, if you come across people that are predominantly Floridians, born and raised here, Lutheranism is kind of a foreign entity. Um, might not quite understand what that is, or or have heard of it. We do have we do have in Pensacola itself. We do have quite a few LCMS churches. Um, you know, there's a there's an ELCA church. There's even a Wells Church near us. Um, as well. So there's some some Lutheranism that's happening here, but again, it's not predominant in this area. Um, you know, we have some, we have some, uh, like I say, a lot of Baptist uh, background people in the area, uh, Methodist. Catholics, I would say, are probably a little less in this area than what you might think. Um, you know, from when you go to other cities and stuff like that, I, I would say Catholicism is probably not one of the mainstream uh religions in the area, but, uh, you know, you know, Baptist, Southern Baptist kind of thing. Okay. So then how does that affect how you do ministry or does it affect how you do ministry? As you said, you've already, you're preaching the gospel, you're giving that good message to the people. How do you think it fits in differently in Florida than it did say in Iowa? For yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I think where I was at in Iowa, there was Lutheranism was what more well known. Uh, the theology behind Lutheranism is more well known. Uh, down here, you have to you have to start with talking about the fact that we don't worship Martin Luther. You know, he's not uh, he didn't he didn't create the church. It, it just so happens to be that there's no better name for us, you know, Lutheran, uh, because of the because of the things that that were uncovered in the Reformation. So. You know, explaining a lot of that is is good. You know, so having a background in that, obviously, you know, we have a we have a rich history. So sharing that with with the people in the area has been a been a real blessing. Where where you didn't necessarily have to do that, maybe in some areas of the Midwest. Um, I would also say again the theology. You know, being able to share the the freeing nature of Christ's death and resurrection. You know, the fact that through the Son we are free. You know, being able to share that with with the people of this area has been, a, again, a real blessing. And uh, I, I think for them, whenever I've been able to have conversations about that with people, I think it's kind of like a, you know, not to sound too cliche, but a, a light dawning upon them that it's, it doesn't quite work the way you're being taught as far as, you know, working your way into heaven as opposed to, you know, Christ earning heaven for you and giving that to you. So that's been, again, a big blessing. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't see it as a challenge as much as a just kind of knowing the area, knowing the people, and knowing how, how you present the, the gospel to them and, and what they need to hear. Absolutely, yeah, that makes sense. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. At this time, a lot of parents and grandparents are considering keeping their children at home when the government schools open back up in the fall, and I would encourage you to do the same. If you're looking for a curriculum, I would recommend checking out the Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum. This will teach your children well how to live in the left-hand kingdom with classes in business, natural sciences, as well as college prep, in addition to all the usual subjects that you would expect from any curriculum, such as mathematics and history. Best thing about this curriculum is that it is self-directed after the third grade, so you don't have to pull your hair out trying to stay a step ahead of your children in the curriculum. If you're interested, I'd recommend checking it out at lutherancartographer.com homeschool. That's lutherancartographer.com homeschool. Let's get back to our guest. So let's now talk about what it's like to raise a family there in Pensacola. 
Okay, so um, we're very blessed in this area to have a, a Lutheran uh, school uh, in the area. Our, our congregation has started a VPK program, and what that is is a voluntary pre-kindergarten program. It's funded by the state. Um, you can have it at your church, and and so our church has is working towards that. We we had open, we had to close. We're, we're right now with COVID, we're, we're closed because uh, parents are kind of holding their kids out right now just to see what's going to happen. But anyway, in the area, there's a there's a Lutheran a school, and that's pre-K, which is preschool, or K-4, four-year-olds, all the way to eighth grade. We're, we're blessed to have that in the area. Uh, my wife actually taught there uh, for, for nine years, and then so our, our firstborn is going there now. She went last year for VPK. She's going this year for kindergarten. Um, our, our, our second daughter, she will be going there as well when, when time comes, but that's been a huge blessing to be able to raise kids in this area. Uh, again, people are super friendly. Um, I believe it's safe. Uh, you know, there's some areas, of course, that are they're not as safe. But but by and large, where we live, we live in we live in a suburb uh, called Cantonment, kind of in the country a little bit. Uh, and that's been a very safe area to raise kids. So yeah, we we feel very blessed. That is really good. What do what do your parishioners generally do for high school, or what what things would do you think would be good options for high schoolers? Um. So. So right now, public school is is the is the option. There there is a, a Catholic high school in the area, and and usually, from what I can tell, I, again, I've only been here a couple of years, but what I can tell is usually people will send their kids to Catholic. Um, our congregation here has been talking a lot about building a high school on our our premises here. We have we have our our grounds here. We have about 13 acres, so hopefully someday that's kind of the goal we're trying to work up to. COVID's of course put a put a huge damper on a lot of that kind of building right now because people are kind of uh, you know holding holding tight where they're at. But yeah, that's kind of what we're at right now. It'd be great to have a Lutheran high school in the area. Uh, hopefully someday we're building towards that. That would be great. Um, like I say, but. Uh, where we live in Cantonment, there's a it's called Tate High School. Uh, that's where my my wife went. That's her alma mater, and it's a really good school. It's it's actually booming right now. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in the area, they put a new call center for Navy Federal Credit Union, and they have a huge campus, and uh, they have employed a lot of people. So that area, a little a little, I would say a little north and east of here, of, from our church has really grown. Um, they put in a new elementary school up there. They're probably going to, I would assume, uh, put in a new high school in there in the coming years. So, but I, I think by and large, from what I can tell, uh, there's there's high schools in the area that are good. Some are bad. I think that's with any place. You know, you, you have some better learning from some schools and maybe not so good in others. But yeah, by and large, I, I you know, where, where our da- my daughters are going to go to school and stuff, it's a good area for kids. For sure. That's really good. So let's take a moment to talk about something that's been, well, unprecedented, the whole response to the coronavirus. What has it been like for you in Florida, and where do you see things going forward? Okay, so in our area, our governor, he there was kind of a mask mandate, kind of, a little bit. <laughs> it's not very good not a good explanation of it, but it was kind of loosely uh, 
required in in certain areas our uh, our uh, our police chief here in town even said that you know they're if they mandate masks you know we're not going to be pulling people over we're not going to be we're not going to be giving people tickets and stuff like that if we if we don't see it wearing masks so it's been kind of i, I I guess a good way to look at it, maybe a little wishy-washy in terms of mass. It's not been so very, very strictly enforced. Um, there was times when when uh, local restaurants and stuff like that were closed, of course, like everywhere else. Um, the one place that, of course, never closed was Walmart. That was always open. Uh, our church was unfortunately haven't had to be closed for almost three months. Uh, you know, which was which was a tragedy. So uh, our kind of bouncing back from that we're starting to see more people come back but i would say by and large we've 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 we lost uh in attendance not membership but from attendance we lost about probably about 40 people on a sunday from what we had before um we were usually hovering around 110 115 we've, we've lost about 40 of those on a sunday now we do live stream here at the church so that was kind of our main medium to come to people for a long for about those three months that was the only way i was able to to reach out to our members um, and I did Bible studies like most pastors did online and stuff like that. But yeah, that's that's been the biggest thing is is getting people to start you know coming back to church and, and knowing that that's it's safe you know that we're we're doing everything we can here. Um, I would say by and large in this area, you see people that are very very much involved in wanting to wear a mask, and then you also have the people that say I'm not wearing a mask. Nobody's going to tell me to wear a mask, you know. So it's it's I'd say probably a pretty good split. <laughs> As far as that's concerned. Okay. Yep. So so far as the the business end of things, are most businesses open now, or is it still somewhat um, irregular? Yeah. Um, most places are open. Uh, I, some places have closed, permanently closed. Uh, unfortunately, some of the mom and pop places that you like to go to and stuff like that, they they suffered big losses, and because of that, they had to close. Um, some of the places we'd like to go, uh, unfortunately, are closed. Um, I don't know about permanently, but uh, but but temporarily speaking, yeah. Um, so there's that that's that's been pretty hard in this area. Tourism's been very hard in this area um, because you know the bans, travel bans, and things like that. Our, our governor kind of went back and forth with the governor of New York. Uh, you know there was kind of a, a back and forth between them about. Uh, if you come here and visit us, you're going to be quarantined. Or if you're coming in New York, said if you're coming from Florida, you're going to be quarantined. So there was a little bit of political stuff going on uh, between states, as far as that's concerned. Um, you know, it kind of got ugly there for a little bit. But uh, by and large, we, we do we we did see some people come from out of state for tourism. Uh, but again, it, it wasn't nearly as much as what we usually have this year. That makes sense. All right, so now let's transition and talk about. For those people that do come, those tourists that mm -hmm. do come, what sort mm -hmm. of things would you recommend? Like if you were having a friend in town, what would you say? Yeah. Oh, you got to go see this or yeah. go do so, this. So there's a couple there's a couple places um, in the area. First off, you got to go to the beach. You got to you got to see the beach if you get a chance to. Uh, you know, be out on the beach and and the Blue Angels practice. Uh, typically every day. So if you get a chance to go there, um, I haven't, I, I, unfortunately, I don't know yet at this time. I probably should have looked it up for our interview, but there is a Naval uh, Aviation Museum in town here that's awesome. They have planes set up. They have some of the old Blue Angels that are kind of suspended above in the, in the museum. That place is awesome. It's a great place to come. I, if it's open, which I don't know that it is yet, 
um, that's a wonderful place to go. Um, there's food is always great down here. You, you, there's a number of places that are open that that would be I would definitely take you to. There's an Irish pub in town here called McGuire's. That's that's great. <laughs> I, that's probably one of the big things most people know when they t know about Pensacola is a place called McGuire's. Um, you know, and. Uh, yeah, there, like I say, there's 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 still quite a bit of things that you can do if you were to come to this area. Um, but there's going to be some things that you're going to, you know, things you would like to be able to do that just not able to do just yet. Okay, that makes sense. So you mentioned earlier how good the seafood is. If you had to recommend mm -hmm. one or two seafood places, where would you recommend people go? Um, okay, so we have a, a place called Nick's Boathouse. Uh, it's near. Uh, it's near our baseball stadium we have a uh, i think it's a trip i think it's a triple a affiliate triple or double uh, affiliate um for the minnesota twins here it's called the pensacola blue wahoos and a wahoo's a fish if you want to know what that is <laughs> it's not a person it's a fish um and so yeah so we have the we have the blue wahoos that's a that's a was a fun thing to do um there's Nick's Boathouse. Uh, I would recommend, like I said, McGuire's is a great place. They do have seafood there. Um, there's also a uh, seafood market called Joe Patty's that you can go to. And uh, he's got his sister actually has a, a place to eat at, too, that's real, real close by. Um, but honestly, you know, if you go out for seafood, there's tons of tons of good places in town. Um, there was a place called... Uh, Landry's. I don't. I don't remember if Landry's is still open. There's a place called Flounders down on the beach. That's good. Peg Leg Pete's is a good place to go eat. Um, if places like that are are, are always uh, good places to go. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So now, as we start closing out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners about anything that you would like to, whether it's places to follow you online, your church's website. What would you like to point our listeners to? Um, yeah, if you'd like to like to give a listen to our services, uh, we are Lutheran Church of the Resurrection. You can Google us uh, and uh, and take a look. You can also like us on Facebook. You find our uh, our website uh, through that. My name again is Nathan Regazinskis. You can find me on Facebook if you want to want to become friends. I'm I'm a friend everybody pretty much. So if you'd like to do that, I'd love to reach out to you, tell you a little more. Uh, again, I've only been here for about two years, so I know a little bit about it. There's other people that know more. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great place. If you'd like to, to reach out, if you'd like to stay in touch, that'd be great. Yeah. Like I say, just Google us Lutheran church of the resurrection. We are on North blue angel. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a main thoroughfare for, for people traveling to, uh, to the Warrington area. It's a, a suburb <laughs> of the town. So yeah, we, we're here. We're, we're Lutherans in this area and we're, we're happy to reach out to our brothers and sisters in Christ for sure. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Um, I just hope everybody's doing well. Uh, I know COVID's been, it's, it's impacted us all differently. Um, I also know that the tensions that we've seen with uh, with the issues of, of police and, and race have, have, have really rocked our country. And I hope that, I hope we can communicate with one another about these things. Um, that's that's a big thing that I, I really wish uh, we could do a better job of is communicate, not not yell at one another, but communicate with one another and how we can help each other out, brothers and sisters uh, in Christ. And even, you know, people in the community uh, reach out a hand. You know, I, I, that's I'm from North Dakota. That's kind of what we what we did. That's what we're known for. So, you know, that's that's what I'd like to see, you know, and, and just know that that 
looks can be deceiving. You know, uh, we're not uh, we're not out to get anybody. We're we're here to be there for people, and that's what we've tried to do throughout COVID and and throughout the the tension that we're seeing in this area. Uh, so, uh, not necessarily in this area, but just across our country. Yeah. Thank you again. God's peace. God's peace to you as well, brother. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 38. I encourage you to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. You can do that on iTunes or on Stitcher or on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, please leave a rating and a review so that more people will see the show. If you're in the market for a homeschool curriculum or your current curriculum just isn't working out well for you, I encourage you to check out the Ron Paul homeschool curriculum that we talked about earlier. That's at lutherancartographer.com slash homeschool. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.